very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you a good life. This week in crime. Hello strangers and welcome to another This Week in Crime. Thank you for tuning in or downloading the episode or if you're just listening to it, however you're going about your day. Thank you for taking the time and taking a break with your good old pal, me, your host, Ernie A, for listening to Strange Talk Podcast. Now this episode is a... is. I hope it's an interesting one. I hope it's a good one. Um, but um, before I get into the actual news articles, for the new listeners, if I have any, welcome to Strange Talk Podcast. Strange Talk Podcast is a dedicated podcast. De- is a dedicated podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to all things strange and unusual because I, myself, am strange and unusual. But if you're new to the podcast and you've never heard of This Week in Crime, This Week in Crime is where I bring you strange or weird or downright fucked up news articles from around the world or right here in good old America. Um, So first off, as always, as is tradition, I guess, with Strange Talk Podcast, a big thank you to at Rocky the Collector for always helping me out by sending me tons and tons of news articles that I use for each and every This Week in Crime. Without him, there would be no This Week in Crime. I kind of, I feel like sometimes I talk like fucking William Shatner. (laughs) I think I've said that before on a previous episode, but my God, do I feel like I talk like fucking William Shatner. But before I get into it, um, I want to bring up this issue. Well, not an issue, I don't think, because it's not really an issue with me. I really don't care. I mean, I care, but not to an extent that it's so outwardly is like the epitome. Not the epitome, that's not the right word. It's not so much like I care. Like, I mean, I care because I am a a father. I have a two-year-old daughter who's going to be three years old soon. And it is something that she may have to face in the future, although I hope... She never has to face anything like that or deal with anything like that. Um, But it is is a sad reality that we do live in as somebody who is a parent or anybody who's listening to this who is a parent. But recently, I've been seeing a bit of a debate, if you will, going on the interwebs, if you will, about the topic of, I guess, um, Sandy Hook. I really don't know the name of it and I'm really bad. I should have uh, looked up an article specifically about it and everything. But apparently somebody affiliated with Sandy Hook or if it is just Sandy Hook, they have like this new program or Sandy Hook program something. I forgot what it is, but they recently came out with this commercial about um, school shootings. And because Sandy Hook, if you don't know, and if you don't know, then my God, what is wrong with you? Are you living under a rock? But if you don't know, Sandy Hook you know, I believe it was in 2014, had a school shooting themselves where it wasn't a student. I don't know if he was a former student, probably was, but you can go back and listen to the episode that I have. Shameless plug, I know, but you can go back to the episode that I previously had of um, Spree Shooters. It was part of that series, but it was actually focused on school shootings. Um, I believe it was part two, episode part two was, it mainly focused, my God, there was a loud bang. I think there's a school shooting going on right now. What the fuck? I don't know if it picked that up, but there's a loud fucking bang. There's always like a fucking loud bang. So I'm not sure if it's like a firework or if it's an actual bombing. The sad thing is I'll probably ever really know. And if there is a bombing, I'll just be like, oh, somebody's just lighting fireworks and just not fucking care. But continue on. So Sandy Hook 
recently came out with the commercial and the commercial starts off cheery and and everything's nice and everything it's about like the kids going back to school and it's and it's like one of the kids is like oh i have like these new shoes and they're great for like running actually that's when it gets more darker but in the beginning it's like oh yeah it's my first day back to school and i love whatever whatever i don't remember off the top of my head what they say but it's along the lines of that so it starts off cheerful and everything and as the commercial progresses it kind of starts getting darker it starts getting way way darker and and it's actually pertaining to school shootings. And so going back to what I said about the kid um, running, he's like, yeah, and I got these new shoes. And as he's running, you can hear gunshots and people screaming. You see other students running away, trying to just run for their lives as he's doing the same thing. And then it gets even more darker where it's like, oh, yeah, and I love these new socks. And you see like a student bleeding from being shot in the leg. And she, the girl with the socks is attending to her wound by tying a tourniquet with her out of you know her socks. But you know what? A lot of there's a lot of people that I saw debating about it, saying like they shouldn't have done this. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a slap in the face to the victims of Sandy Hook. Which in a way I can see that, but in reality I agree that they should show that. I feel far too much, far too much, especially in American culture, far too much. Do we try to pretty up things? Do we try to like hide the realities? of the real world. And I feel like we did that. I feel like, especially in the 1950s, we did that. And we've slowly, slowly, progressively started going away from that and showing the stark reality that the world can be dark and it is a dark place. So I'm on the side of that. You know what? I'm all for that commercial. I agree with that commercial. It is something harsh to look at, especially for people who are not accustomed to viewing such like, (laughs) like real things as such as they showed in the commercial. I am totally for that. I think we should be more aware of that because it is it is now in this day and age a more sad reality that we have to face. It could potentially happen for anybody. It could it doesn't have to mainly be at schools. It can just happen when you're at Walmart. There's been plenty of times for some reason people go and shoot up at Walmart. I don't I got to look up and see if there's Target, but that's why I mainly shop at Target, not because I'm afraid of a shooting. I just like Target more. To be honest with you, I like going to Target more because I like, I I don't like going to Walmart. I hate going to Walmart. It's always packed as fuck. There's always lines. I fucking hate going to Walmart. I will go to Walmart only if I need to. Like if I, if if I can't get it at Target and I can only get it at Walmart, I don't even care if it's cheaper at Walmart. If I can get it at Target, I will go to Target. I like and enjoy Target more. I feel like Target's a lot better than Walmart. Walmart is just really fucking overpacked. There's always lines and I hate fucking waiting because I'm not a person who likes to shop per se. I don't like, I don't really like to walk around and look at things that I can't afford because I hate that. So I'll just get in and get out. I'm that, I'm that type of person. Like I just have my agenda that I need to get. This is what I'm getting on my list. That's it. I'm in and I'm out and I'm back at home or I'm going whatever else that I'm doing with my day. I don't like, I don't like walking around sometimes. I hate it. Unless I'm like bored, then I'll do it. Like Mainly if I'm like with my fiance, because my fiance, oh my God, sometimes I hate shopping with her because I don't know what it is about women and shopping. Like she will shop for like three hours and it's mainly just her looking at stuff. She'll like grab like maybe two or three shirts, try them on. She's like, oh, I like them. I'm going to get them. And then two or three hours pass by and she ends up not buying them. And it was just like a complete waste of time. And I'm just like, my God, I could have been doing something else. But no, instead you want to do that. But anyways, back back to the subject. I'm over here blasting on my fiance. But um 
So I'm kind of like agreeing with that they should have done that. It, it's cool that they did something like that. Not cool, but it, it is something that I totally agree with that we shouldn't try to hide the fact that this is a reality that we live in now. We should always be addressing it. It's sort of like, I don't know if you remember back in the day um, during, um, what is it? Uh, like, what is it? what are those cartoons called? Like Tom and Jerry, um, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny. All those cartoons back in the day were, were, were made from the 1950s and so on. I think even earlier, even Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Walt Disney's cartoons, they all had at some point a racist... Um, I know it's kind of a different subject uh, over, uh, over the main topic, but they all had different subject matter pertaining to racism and they were all had prejudices drawn into those cartoons. And, um, I, I don't think it was Disney. Disney just kind of like, Oh, well that never happened. So they kind of erased it, which is why they don't even have that movie. The Song of the South. If you don't know what the Song of the South is, I know I'm going completely off topic a little bit, but it, believe me, it, it's going to come around. It's going to come around. Just, 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 just bear with me. So, um, the Song of the South was a movie about a runaway slave who meets this bunny. I forgot his name, but he's a bunny who's running away too, or I think, I believe he ran away, or he's just like wandering. He's kind of like a fucking nomad, and he just meets this um african-american guy who's a runaway slave and he's the one that sings the song there's a bluebird on my yeah so he, he's that guy and so disney has never re-released it again it has never been it's only been on vhs and it has never been released on dvd or blu-ray and D- disney has a like basically just erased it from memory aside from the fact that there is a ride still based on that movie at disneyland which is splash mountain but they kind of don't really, they have the song in there, the zippity doo song and everything. Like after you go through that fucking plunge, um, they have the song still, but they don't have anything pertaining to like the African-American guy, the runaway slave or anything. But that's what that movie was about, Song of the South. And then in Dumbo, they had the fucking racist um, crows. It was white people portraying drive talking fucking um black people african-americans uh back in those times but those are a product of their time so it's not necessarily like that's what walt disney still believes to this day well not walt disney himself but the company disneyland still believe in those ideas today but the same thing with wb now see wb did a little bit of a better thing with them they didn't just like try to hide it away or just erase it from memory what they did was they released a collection of all those cartoons that had the racist undertones or the racist subject or the prejudices of their time. And they actually had Whoopi Goldberg um, host that um, VHS or DVD, whatever the trilogy came out on. And she even said, and there was a, before she comes on the screen to talk and, you know, host the fucking event or whatever it was, WB releases a little statement in the beginning saying that all of these cartoons do not reflect our views and opinions of today they were a product of their time and although we don't necessarily agree with them we do believe that to just completely erase them from memory would be a more of a fallacy than to just you know so they re-release them and then Whoopi Goldberg comes on she says the same thing like if we were to just not talk about them like as if they never happened that would be more of a travesty than if we were to just say like oh you know it never happened so I completely agree with that that's where I'm kind of mean about with when it comes to this Sandy Hook thing. We should we we need to show the stark reality of this is what happens. We shouldn't just show the the shooter responsible for it. We should show the victims, the people that are actually the ones that have to endure with this. Yes, it can be tough, especially for the ones that actually face these problems and dealt with them. It can be tough. 
but it should show you that this is what they had to deal with. We all know, like, deep down inside, like, what they had to deal with because there was a shooting. But we don't see it. We only see the aftermath or we don't even see it at all. And so I think it is something that we should talk about more because it's sad that in today's society, this is something that we have to fear. Right now, my fiance is going to she's going through school still. She's she's finishing up. She's almost done, but she's trying to become a teacher. And this is something that she has to face. And she right now where she works, I can't obviously give the school, but she's right now an instructional aide. And she what was talking to me the other day about how she mainly works with students who are troubled, as in they have mental issues or illnesses or they have emotional issues and a lot of them lash out sometimes at school so they just stay with one teacher they don't move to different um, periods like normal students would normally do where you have your first second third and you know sixth period and what have you they just stay with one teacher throughout all their periods because it's easier for them to cope instead of you know they can't deal so well with changes Um, But she said she was nervous the other day because a student had mentioned to her that she needs to be careful because there might be a school shooting on September the 19th. Um, Obviously, that already passed and there was no shooting, but it was something that still was in the back of her mind. She was constantly thinking about, like, what if there is a shooting? Because her job, obviously, is to protect the students first. Then, you know, if she can, she has to protect herself. But the students are obviously going to come first because that's her job. So it's something that we have to face. And it's something that we have to face with our own daughter, who's going to be going to school soon. She still has another year to go because she's barely going to be three. But it's something that she might have to face one day of knowing that that potentially can happen in her time when she goes to school. And it's just something very scary. And I that's why I completely agree with what this what Sandy Hook did. I completely agree with that. And and showing if you've never seen the commercial, go and look it up. Just type in Sandy Hook commercial. I'm sure you'll find it. Google it. But it's an interesting commercial. It 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 really turns dark, but it's not super dark where they show like the person getting shot or anything like that. But the way it ends is like it it is true and it, it they get you. It's it's not like they get you to cry, they just get you because it's like fuck, dude, that's really fucked up because that's sad. That's like what really happens today nowadays um but basically the way it ends is um it shows a little girl saying oh and i love my phone because i can save um i can send messages to the people that i love and care about and it shows her texting like "Uh, mom i'm hiding in the bathroom or something like that and she says i love you and then she puts her phone down the screen you see her like tearing up and a tear rolls down her face and then um the screen goes to black And then you just hear like a gunshot. So it's kind of up to your, they leave it to your imagination, but it's pretty, it's heavily implied that obviously she was the one that got shot. And, um, but I will say, and I'm on board with team. I'm for the commercial because it is something that we should face the stark, dark reality. That is the society that we live in today where students for some reason are just shooting up schools more and more and more. And I really don't know why. I wish I knew the answer and I wish I knew the answer of how to like stop this. But I I really, I really don't have the answer. And I hate to say that, but I I don't think we'll ever fix that issue. Um, I don't know if it's a product of our society, of of just the way our society is. It could maybe be the education system. We aren't equipped to deal with uh, students who are emotionally unstable or mentally unstable. I mean, it could just be the product of the school system itself. I mean, the education system, 
we failed us right now. The, the, um, school that my fiance works, obviously, again, I can't say the name because she works there and never know who's listening to this, but for the school that she's working at, she tells me all the stories about how the school system is just really lacking in the ability to take care of these students who have emotional and mentally, um, mental issues. And, and it's sad because, some of these students shouldn't be specifically at this school. They should be at a school that's more equipped to dealing with these type of students that have these type of issues that they have. And it's sad because she says that it, it's it, this, it's like she doesn't know if the school doesn't care or if it's just that the administrators and the people that are higher up don't care or if it's just that they, they don't have the means to deal with with it the way they can. And it, it's sad. I And I think maybe that's more along the reason why, like, you know, we're not able to deal with the students and everything that we're having these days. It's it's sad, but I think it is because a product of the school system. You know, we we put we're putting more funding into things that I don't think we necessarily need to be putting into. You know, I feel like this is our youth, this is our future, and you know we're failing them. Um, I think tremendously. Um, more and more students I see. I mean, now that I'm, I'm not super an adult because I'm really still fucking immature. I'm only 30 years old, but I'm still really fucking immature for my age, as you can tell if you've heard from previous episodes. But I feel like maybe it's because I'm getting more aware and I'm getting older and the fact that I'm a father, I'm seeing more and more like what students worship, which I don't mind, you know, but I feel like we should be focusing more instead of the Kim Kardashians of the world or being this next like hip hop superstar. Like, that's cool. Have your dreams. Do that stuff. But we shouldn't just put all our eggs in that basket. We should be focusing more on like, you know, doctors or stuff like that. And I think that's always been the case, even since when I was younger. You know, I used to think like I wanted to be like a musician <laughs> when I was in bands and stuff like that or this famous like filmmaker because that was one of my big dreams and that's still something that I still wish I could do is be a filmmaker but obviously that's not going to pay the bills that's not going to you know it's a sad thing but which is why I do podcasting because it's still some way for me to create something and have people enjoy something that I create but yeah that's my little hot take of the whole Sandy Hook thing if you haven't seen the commercial go to Google or go to YouTube and just type in Sandy Hook commercial so you can see the commercial for yourself and you you tell me what did you think do you think it's too dark do you think it was unnecessary do you think or do you agree with me do you think like yeah I agree with you like it's it's really good let let me know DM me on Instagram at strange talk podcast or if you want to send me an email send me an email at strange talk podcast at outlook.com and I'll be more than happy to read what you send me you know, and have a conversation with you, have a little dialogue, why not? But let's get into what you guys got here, what you guys downloaded this episode for, which is This Week in Crime. So the first article that I have for you is going to be of Al Chapo's Kim Kardashian of organized crime found dead in presumed lover's bed. A 35-year-old Mexican woman rumored to have led the assassin unit of Al Chapo's Sinaloa cartel was found dead in her presumed lover's bed over the weekend. Claudia Ochoa Felix, nicknamed the Kim Kardashian of organized crime, was found lifeless in a home in Isla Musala in the city of Culiacán, a Spanish-language outlet reported called La Prensa, reported on Saturday. Ochoa Felix became social media famous in 2014 for posting photos of herself wielding pink and gold AK-47s and toting designer handbags. 
At the time, Mexican newspapers suggested that she was at the helm of Los Antrax, an armed enforcement wing of the Sinaloa drug cartel. I am sorry if I am mispronouncing any of these or I'm just really whitewashed. I'm Mexican, but I'm really whitewashed, so I don't really sound that Mexican when I say Spanish words. Um, For which she's been given a second nickname, the Empress of Anthrax. She denied any allegations of organized crime involvement, tweeting on her Twitter account at the time that the reports were cowardly, cowardly lies and slander. No official cause of death has been released, but La Prensa uh, reported that a drug overdose may have been to blame. Other reports indicate that she died of pulmonary aspiration, which occurs when someone inhales um, foreign objects such as fluids into their lungs. Alcohol and other substances were found in Ochoa Felix's body, and she died of suffocation, according to prosecutor Juan Jose Rios Estavilo. But her official cause of death has been hasn't been um, released pending an autopsy results. The night before Ochoa Felix was found dead, she had gone to a nightclub with a man, according to La Prensa. Uh, the pair apparently slept late. When the man tried to talk to her in the morning, she did not respond, so he called the police immediately. The curvy brunette worked as a model and was romantically connected to Jose Rodrigo Archega, uh, better known as El Chino Anthrax, who headed the gang before he was arrested. Felix took on the role of Anthrax leader after Archiga's arrest. Um, she was also married to a Sinaloa cartel drug trafficker nicknamed El Chavo Felix, with whom she had three children with. So press F, boys, because uh, she passed away, unfortunately. So the next article that I have for you guys is a blast sparks fire at a Russian laboratory housing smallpox virus. A gas explosion has sparked a fire at a Russian laboratory complex stockpiling viruses ranging from smallpox to Ebola, authorities have said. The State Research Center of Virology and Biotechnology denied that the fire had exposed the public to any pathogens stored inside, some of which are the deadliest on Earth. The blast took place during repairs to a fifth-floor sanitary inspection room at the facility known as Vector in the Koltslovo in the Novosibirsk region of Siberia, the center said on Monday. The site housed secret biological weapons research during the Soviet era and is now one of Russia's main disease research centers. One worker suffered third-degree burns after the blast, which blew out the glass in the building. The fire reportedly spread through the building's ventilation system. A fire covering 30 square meters was later extinguished. Russian authorities insisted that the room where the explosions occurred was not holding any biohazardous substances and that no structural damage was caused. The mayor of Koltsovo said that the laboratory did not contain any disease samples because of ongoing repair work. The smallpox virus survives in two places on Earth, at Vector and at another high-security laboratory at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta. Russian authorities last month were slow to release information about an explosion at a military testing site that caused a spike in radiation levels in Arkhangelsk region. The blast occurred when a liquid-fueled rocket carrying nuclear materials exploded, killing at least five people. Jeez. Authorities initially denied the incident had occurred and reportedly did not tell local hospital staff that the victims had been exposed to deadly levels of radiation. Russia has not said what the military specialists were working on 
Although experts have speculated it may be a nuclear-powered cruise missile mentioned by Vladimir Putin himself last year. Monday's incident was not the first at the Vector Lab. Way back in 2004, a researcher died at the complex after accidentally pricking herself with a needle carrying the Ebola virus. Damn, that sucks. Because the Ebola virus ain't no joke, man. You bleed from every orifice. You bleed from your mouth, you bleed from your eyes, you bleed from every hole in your body, so your ears and your fucking butthole. That ain't no joke. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Uh, Russia media then claimed it was the only death from the virus in Russia's history. Outbreaks of anthrax and smallpox were caused by Soviet weapons developed programs in the 1970s and subsequently covered up by the Russian government. The Vector Institute was threatened by a lack of funding in the 1990s, raising concerns that the researchers could sell their expertise for actual biological samples to governments such as Iraq and North Korea. The laboratory also gave training on how to respond to a potential terrorist attack in the 2000s. As weapons cachet, including grenade launchers reportedly belonging to a mafia group, was found near the facility in 2006, the lab has also held highly contagious forms of bird flu and strains of hepatitis. Jeez, that just sounds like a fucking... That just doesn't sound good at all. I mean, if they denied that there was a fucking bombing or something going on, you know, and people, at least five people died and they denied that, then who's to say that they're fucking denying that, oh, you know, everything's okay here. There is no... I doing a horrible Russian accent, but there is no such thing as a smallpox in here in Soviet Russia. You are fine. There is nothing going on. Meanwhile, these people are fucking coughing and dying and shit. (laughs) Moving on to the next article that I have for you is 86 tigers were rescued from infamous temple in Thailand have died. That is very dark. Well, I mean, it's tigers, but still tigers don't deserve to die. Tigers deserve to live. Over half of the 147 tigers confiscated from the Tiger Temple, a tourist attraction where visitors could take selfies with the big cats, have died in captivity within the last three years. Damn. The Wat Pha Lang Ta Bua, or Tiger Temple, I don't know why I couldn't just say it, or Tiger Temple, located west of Bangkok, promoted itself as a wildlife sanctuary that charged visitors admission to interact with the animals. I'm sorry if I totally mispronounce any of the... um, like Thai fucking words or I don't even know what that language is to be honest with you um I'm sorry if I mispronounce it if you know how to say it please tell me like how to say it proper um promoted itself as a wildlife sanctuary that charged visitors admission to interact with the animals however just three years ago the government removed 147 tigers after the site was linked to wildlife trafficking Rescuers took the tigers to two state-run sanctuaries where many were found to be at risk of contracting canine distemper virus. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds very bad. When we took the tigers in, we noted that they had no immune system due to inbreeding. The Deputy Director General Prakit Vongers, I'm not even going to say his last name, of Thailand's Department of National Parks, Wildlife and Plant Conversation, Conversa- Conservation, oh my god, told the state-owned broadcaster, uh, we treated them as symptoms came up, he added. Praket didn't give a number for exactly how many of the tigers have perished, although Thai PBS reported that the numbers to be 86 out of the 147 confiscated animals, most of which were of Siberian breed. Many of the tigers have been dropping dead one by one since May of 2016, the Bangkok Post reported. The Tiger Temple had been promoted as a wildlife sanctuary, but it was investigated due to suspicions by the government regarding links to animal abuse and wildlife trafficking. 
Many of its monks were accused of illegally breeding tigers, while visitors reported the some of the tigers reported that some of the tigers appeared drugged. Sky News reported the temple denied allegations of abuse and trafficking. During the raid three years ago, Thai officials reported finding 40 dead cubs in a freezer, along with 20 jars full of baby tigers and organs. Jeez, a monk was reported to have tried escaping the temple in a truck carrying over 700 vials of tiger skin and teeth hidden in a suitcase. Damn, I thought I was going to say 700 vials of tiger blood. <laughs> Why can't we go back to those good old days of when we used to have Charlie Sheen memes of tiger blood? I am quite shocked. Uh, Tenchai Nuchdomrong, the director of the government's Wildlife Conservation Office, said in 2016, we all have heard concerns and allegations about this temple. I would never have thought they would be so blatant. The Siberian tiger, the Siberian tiger, is the largest of the tigers and considered a critically endangered species whose threats to survival include poaching and habitat loss. Experts have said, "Damn, press F, press F, boys, for them tigers." That's sad, but it is sad. We're like, I know it's fucking cliche to say this shit, but it is true. Uh, I, I will say that the human, us humans, the human race is a virus, a plague, if you will, among Earth. Um, I, I think, I think we kind of just, I mean, I hate to say this because, you know, it is my race. It's we're a human race and everything, but I feel like maybe we outlived We've, we've outlived our, our time. I think, you know, for some reason, we just kept going. And we probably weren't supposed to survive this long, maybe. Uh, who knows? I mean, I, I shouldn't have said shit because I'm probably going to jinx us. There's going to be a fucking meteor coming tomorrow. Who knows? But anyways, moving on to the next article. And we're getting dark. This was a dark one, guys. I'm sorry. But a 10-year-old Texas girl contracts a brain-eating amoeba while swimming. Holy fucking shit. If you can't be scared, like, there is nothing that we cannot be scared of. There's always going to be something. You can't enjoy, you can't enjoy anything nowadays. There's always going to be something you have to be scared about. A weekend swim left a young girl fighting for her life when she contracted a brain-eating amoeba with a 97% fatality rate. Oh, my God. Lily May Avant, or Avant, I think her it's Lily May Avant, 10 years old, swam in the Brazos River and Lake Whitney in Boski uh, County near Waco over Labor Day weekend. Oh, my God. Um, then on September 8, Lily began having a headache and it was quickly followed by a fever, according to her Facebook page created to support the girl. Her family thought it was a viral infection at first, but after visits to the family doctor and Lily having trouble sleeping, the family knew something was very wrong. She was incoherent, unresponsive, and was quickly swept up and taken to the ER, the family wrote on Lily's Facebook page. Lily was then flown to Cook's, Cook Children's Healthcare System in Fort Worth, where a spinal tap found she had contracted Nal, Nal, Nalgeria flowery, flowery, or Nigeria flowery. I am horrible at saying these medical terms. But can you just imagine that that's a weird name? Like, hey, we're going to take you to Cook Children's Health Care System. <laughs> See, I'm fucking stupid anyways. Um, I'm sorry. I'll just I'll just leave. The episode's over, guys. Thank you for listening. Just kidding. It's every parent's worst nightmare, the girl's aunt, uh, Crystal Warren, told KWTX on Friday. For this to happen to her when there were so many other people in the same waters on the same days as we just don't understand why it was her. 
Chris Dowdy, principal at Valley Mills Elementary School, confirmed to CNN that a fifth grade student was putting up a fierce battle for her life caused by this awful amoeba. She is an outstanding student, but more importantly, she is just a tremendous person, Dowdy said. Everyone in her community, state, and even the entire country is praying for this sweet child. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says the amoeba is a single-cell living organism commonly found in warm, fresh water like lakes and rivers. The The amoeba enters the body through the nose, travels to the brain, and destroys brain tissue, according to the CDC. Holy fuck. Between 2009 and 2018, the CDC says only 34 cases of Nigeria flowery infection were reported in the U.S. Only four people out of the 145 known cases survived between 1962 and 2018. Jeez. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a pretty big number, I guess. 145 people have survived. I feel good for her chances, but that's sad, dude. 10-year-old girl got an amoeba fucking brain. <laughs> Jesus, eating amoeba. That's fucking scary. If you can't just be even more scared, I mean, I'm not saying that you should be scared because it shouldn't stop you from living life, but Jesus Christ, there's a lot of shit in the world that just wants to kill us. <laughs> you can't enjoy anything nowadays, it seems like. Okay, moving on uh, to the next article. Mexico, Jalisco, forensics piece together 44 bodies. That's what this headline says. Um, Forensic scientists in Mexico have managed to piece together 44 bodies buried in a well in Jalisco state. Discovered just outside the city of Guadalajara, the human remains were hidden in 119 black bags. I'm laughing because I know I sound super white when I fucking say that. So I apologize, but I'm going to sound really white from now on. The remains were discovered earlier in September when local residents began complaining about the smell. Jalisco is the heartland of one of Mexico's most violent drug gangs, and this is the second major find of bodies in the state this year. The vast majority of the bodies were cut up. A local local organization which searches for missing people has appealed to the government to send more specialists to assist with identification. They say the local forensic department is overwhelmed and does not have the necessary skills to complete this operation. And that's very sad. Very sad indeed. Um, That's a short little article, but my God, I can't imagine that there's still more. Like, the drug fucking war out there is just fucking crazy as fuck. But I remember when my dad was alive, um, we went to Mexico, because where my dad's from, he's from Uruapan, Michoacan. And, um... We went down there uh, because his mom had passed away. So we went down there for the funeral and we drove down there. We told my dad to just fly out there. It'd probably be easier to just fly out there. But my dad's really fucking stubborn and he decided he wanted to drive out there. But when we drove out there, my dad doesn't drive a very nice car. He drives a to- He drove, I should say, he drove a Toyota Corolla, a 2002, I think, Toyota Corolla or 2007 Toyota Corolla. Or no, it was a 2010 Toyota. That doesn't matter. What the fuck am I doing? That doesn't matter. But he drove, he drives a Toyota Corolla, okay? And it wasn't a very nice one. It was a luxurious one. But for some reason, once we got to Sinaloa, <laughs> um, there was uh, the Federales out there, you know, just pulling over cars for no reason, just any particular car, mainly like nice looking ones. And they pulled my dad over. Luckily, I wasn't driving. I was sleeping at that time. But I woke up when we got pulled over because my dad was telling me, like, be careful. Just shut up and don't say anything. And um, so they told him to get out of the car and they took him to the back and they were talking for a bit. I couldn't hear what they were saying um, because, one, I don't understand Spanish all that well, especially when it's coming from somebody who speaks it really fast. 
for some reason I can just understand my dad perfectly. Um, but anyway, everybody else is kind of hard for me. I have to like slowly process, you know, that scene in uh, the hangover when he's counting cards and you can see all the math problems. I'm like that fucking meme. Like when it comes to somebody speaking Spanish to me, that's like how I function. But, um, basically after a while, my dad came into the car and then we drove off and my mom was like, what happened? And my dad just said, well, he basically like fucking extorted me for more money. Um, he, I guess what he had told my dad was like, Oh, you drive a nice car. Um, how much does it mean to you? My dad was like, what the fuck? Like, I just want to get to go to the funeral where my mom's at. And he goes, well, how much, how important is your family to you? And so you know, they told him to give him more money, that type of shit. And so my dad obviously did. And yeah, and it's really sad because, you know, we're supposed to be helping each other out. But unfortunately, that's not how it works sometimes. So moving on to the next article, a Carolina woman castrates a 61 year old husband, her 61 year old husband, Jesus, an Eastern Carolina woman was charged with kidnapping and malicious castration after tying up her 61 year old husband and dismembering him according to an NBC affiliate in North Carolina. It is not known why Victoria Farabut or Farabut Farabut <laughs> allegedly assaulted her husband James around 4 a.m. Major Jason Wink said, really, his fucking name is Wink, <laughs> said on Tuesday. According to the Cataret County deputies, James was transported to Greenville, North Carolina's Vidiant or Vidant Medical Center, and his amputated penis was put on ice. Jesus. Oh my god, you stupid ad. Um, the alleged culprit is set to... Okay, yeah, I'm reading it right. The alleged culprit is set to appear in court on Wednesday. Her bond was set at $100,000. The Fairboot story bears some semblance to the infamous saga of John and Lorraine Bobbitt, which made headlines 25 years ago after Lorena cut off her husband's penis while he slept. Lorena allegedly, um, Lorena alleged she mutilated her husband because he had sexually abused her, which he denied. Police officers recovered John's severed penis, placed it on ice, and rushed it to the hospital where the victim was being treated. The organ was successfully reattached, and John went on to enjoy a short career as an adult film actor. And one of the films he starred in, um, John Bobbitt, um, was uh, Frankenpenis, I believe it was called. <laughs> he is acquitted of abusing Lorena, and she was found not guilty of castrating him on the grounds of temporary insanity. Um, I guess they didn't really have an article, so they had to bring up the fucking similarity to, and just continue on with it. But that's it for the Carolina woman who castrated her husband. But yeah, you go, girl. You probably, I mean, hopefully there was a good ass reason that you needed to cut his fucking dick off. Um, but if not, then my God, that has to suck. Uh, but you know, I guess that's the way you fucking women work is you hit them where it hurts and that's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> so a Florida teen arrested after using her parents' debit card to get cash to try to have them killed. That is the next article that I'm reading. A 17 year old Florida girl, of course, is behind bars after she twice tried to hire someone to kill her parents. Alisa Hatcher, an Umatilla high school student made two separate withdrawals with her parents' debit card, the first for about 500 and then the second for about $925, and tried to pay two different people to kill her parents, according to the Lake County Sheriff's Office. Hatcher told officials that she spent 100 of the withdrawn money to buy cocaine. <laughs> to buy cocaine. Then gave the other 400 to a friend to hire a hitman. 
When that failed, she gave the other 900 to another man who also did not follow through. Well, what the fuck did she think? You're just going to give me $900? I'll just fucking take that shit and run. According to the arrest affidavit, the teen's parents pressed charges and Hatchard was arrested on two counts of criminal solicitation of murder. Of murder. Murder. That's fucking scary, though. Like, you brought this child into the world and then she just wants to straight up kill you. I'm not going to lie. That's something that I'm fucking terrified of is that my child, my daughter, my baby girl could one day just for some reason not like me anymore or my fucking fiance and just decide like, I want to fucking take you guys out because I don't like the way you guys are. I don't like the way you're running the show. I'm just going to fucking kill you. And there's been plenty of cases where other fucking teenagers have actually gone through with it and actually killed their parents. Um, like for instance, the, I believe it's the Cheshire murders. That shit's fucked up. There was a girl uh, who, um, was dating this 19 year old Mexican guy. Uh, the parents didn't like, I don't know if they didn't like the fact that he was Mexican, but they didn't like that. The fact that he was 19, she was only 15. They didn't like that. She wanted, they wanted her to stop dating him. She didn't want to because she was in love. She took the rifle. Okay. The rifle that the fucking father bought her for a birthday gift and she shot them both with it. She shot the father while he showered and she fought, shot the mother in the head while she slept on the bed. That's some fucked up shit. That's, that's, that's something that legitimately scares me that I have a fear of that my daughter could just one day just snap like that and just kill us. <laughs> but moving on to more darkness because this world of ours is so fucked up. But here we go. The body of a five-year-old New Mexico girl missing since Sunday was found in the Rio Grande. The three-day search for a missing five-year-old Espinola and New Mexico girl has ended in heartbreak with the discovery of her body in the Rio Grande on Wednesday. The FBI is investigating the disappearance and now death of... I know I'm going to say this name wrong. <laughs> Rena Zeme Cladzada? We're just going to say her name is Renee, and that's very sad, but it's spelled R-E-N-E-Z-M-A, Renezme. We're going to say Renee Clazada, who was last seen playing in her yard on Sunday morning, according to the Albuquerque Journal. Um, I'm sorry, I just, I just can't, I can't say her name properly, and I feel bad because she's gone, she's no longer in this world, but I'm sorry, we're just going to say Renee because I don't want, I don't want to keep attempting to fuck her name up more. So Renee was a kindergarten student at Fairview Elementary School, reported the Rio Grande Sun, and Espanola is about 25 miles north of Santa Fe and is um, bisected by the Rio Grande. The girl was first reported missing by her mother, Victoria Macetas, um, via 9-1-1 at 7.39 p.m. on Sunday. According to KOB-TV, an Amber Alert was issued, reported the Santa Fe, New Mexican. The four-day search had drawn scores of local and state police officers, FBI agents, and local volunteers, according to the Rio Grande Sun. The girl was found in the Rio Grande near Santa um, Clara Pueblo. Espinola is between the Oak, the OK Iwinga and Santa Clara Pueblos, and the two tribes helped in the search as well. This was supposed to be a news conference for an update, but it's... um. A bit of a bad news. Rio Abria um, County Sheriff James Luyan said to introduce the press conference. According to the Rio Grande Sun, uh, Renee has been located. Her remains have been located. 
Neither he nor Langbar took questions, giving over the afternoon for morning the foot, four-foot brown-eyed girl who was last seen wearing a Disney's frozen t-shirt and shorts. Her mother's boyfriend, Malcolm Torres, had been taken into custody on unrelated charges and was not connected to the, to the case, police, told, police said. FBI agents and other authorities were seen excavating search warrants, executing search warrants in numerous locations. I can assure you this investigation has not stopped, said James Langenberg with the FBI's Albuquerque Division at a news conference. We'll continue to work until we can identify the responsible party for Renee. Again, I'm sorry that I can't pronounce her name right. I'm fucking completely whitewashed, and I'm sorry, but it's sad. This is no joke. Um, she was only five years old, just barely starting life out, and it's it's like it's because I'm a father and I have a daughter, and to experience anything like this, I don't even wish this upon my fucking enemies. That's so fucked up, you know. I can never imagine like what I would be like if something, anything like this, were to happen to my daughter. It's sad, you know. It's 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 we lived in a fucked up world. There's a lot of people that just want to do harm to children, which I really don't know why. You know, and it's it's fucking sad. But moving on to the next article. Um, a teacher gives birth on sidewalk in front of a Colorado school. A teacher who went into labor at a Colorado middle school ended up delivering her baby on the sidewalk in front of the school. I can't imagine that she's like that. That's crazy, though. And then that student's probably going to her baby's probably going to go to that school. Lindsay Agwo Agabol. Lockwoo said she wasn't due until September 17th, so she thought a contraction she felt early Tuesday morning was a false alarm. Lindsay went to DSST Conservatory Green in the Stapleton neighborhood of Denver, where she works as a 6th grade reading teacher. The teacher presented an award at an assembly before realizing she needed to get to a hospital. Then all of a sudden, it was just so much pressure and pain, I was like, I think she's coming now. I think we need to just call 911, Lindsay had said. Marissa Cass, a 7th grade reading teacher, put a sleeping bag down on the sidewalk in front of the school and Principal Natalie Lewis and Dean Chris Earls handled the delivery, delivery until firefighters arrived to finish the job. I just like randomly think about it and text my mom. I just gave birth on the sidewalk outside my school. This is so crazy, Lindsay said. The baby, Zara, was born about 8 pounds 6 ounces. When she was ready, she just said, Boom, I'm coming out, Lindsay said. I think it will be indicative of her personality to come, that she will be a firecracker. She's going to do great things. Aww. Well, I mean, that's a good thing to just wash the palate of all this fucked up shit that's going on um, <laughs> that I've just been reading. And we're going to end it, because this is the last article for you guys, and I'm sorry, I am so very sorry that it's coming to an end, but this is the last article that I have for you. A woman who mistook wasabi for avocado, hospitalized with broken heart syndrome. You heard that correct, broken heart syndrome. An erase... An, in, oh my god. An, an, why can I not say this word now? Israeli, there we go. An Israeli woman was hospitalized with so-called broken heart syndrome after mistaking wasabi for avocado. The unusual story begins with a woman in her late 60s who attended a wedding. At the nuptials, the woman, who was not identified in the report published in BMJ Case Reports, ate a large amount of what she thought was avocado dip, only to very quickly realize it was actually wasabi paste, a Japanese horseradish. 
The woman then felt a sudden pressure in her chest before the feeling moved down to her arms, according to the IFL Science, which cited the report. The sensation lasted for the next few hours, though the woman chose to stay at the wedding. Tough girl. By the next morning, however, she awoke feeling uncomfortable and weak and decided to see a doctor. Doctors perform an electrocardiogram, which, or an ECG, which revealed the woman was suffering from Takatosubo cardiomyopathy, colloquially known as broken heart syndrome. The Mayo Clinic defines the condition as a temporary disruption of the heart's normal pumping function in one area of the heart. It's typically triggered by extreme emotional or physical stress, such as the death of a loved one or a car accident. Most people who experience broken heart syndrome are 50 years older, old or older. Jesus. So I guess that's what they mean by when somebody dies of a broken heart. So I guess that makes sense. You really can just die of a broken heart. That sucks. In the report, the researchers claim the woman's broken heart syndrome case is the first to be spurred by food consumption alone. The IFL Science reports. In the past, other food-related cases of broken heart syndrome were linked to anaphylaxis, a severe allergic reaction. To the best of our knowledge, this is the first report of tokosupo, um, cardiomyopathy, triggered by wasabi consumption, the researchers wrote, according to the IFL Science, which added the woman recovered after she was treated with angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors and beta blockers. So that's good. She turned out to be okay. So she didn't necessarily die of a broken heart. But unfortunately, that's all the time that I have for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the articles that at Rocky the Collector chose to bring me and I, that I read to you guys. Um, but again, if you guys have a news article that you want me to read or you want to just, you know, spread more awareness to, you know, just bring more people to, you know, be aware of the fucking subject at hand or whatever, what have you, you know, go ahead and send it to me at Strange Talk Podcast, which is my Instagram, or you can email it to me at strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. Again, what's that email? It's at strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. Again, thank you to each and every one of you who take the time to download and listen to me talk about nonsense or just talk about the fucking sick, sad, strange, unusual things that this world of ours has to offer in This Week in Crime. Um, so stay tuned for next week's episode. Next week's episode will hopefully be, okay, will hopefully be with Ad Rocky the Collector, which is the episode that I was trying to bring last week, um, which is serial killer duos. Now, we have a bit of cases for you where we're going to be talking about serial killers who teamed up or where they were always just together and they did their heinous crimes and unspeakable things to their victims as a tag team. They were like the Hardy Boys of <laughs> wrestling. If you don't if you don't know who that is, then I lost it completely. But yeah, that's what it, that's what's going to happen. That's what the episode's going to be. So again, thank you to each and everyone for tuning in to Strange Talk Podcast because without you, the listener, Strange Talk Podcast would not be what it is today. So again, thank you for tuning in. And as always... Stay strange.